All right, bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome to the show singer and songwriter Sam Welch. What is up, Sam? How you doing on this hot evening? Yeah, where are you at? Where are you located? Central Massachusetts. Oh wow, yeah, you guys are pretty warm for this time of year. We're, we're I'm, I'm up above New Orleans and south of Memphis in, in southern Mississippi. Oh, okay. Um, it's, uh, it was 101 here today, just normal temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only about, it was only about 90 here, so. But that's hot for you guys up in the Northeast. It is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, so this is your second time on my show. Um, we talked about a year ago, so welcome back, first of all. Thank you, thanks. Um, all right, so let's get into your... You know what, before we get into your latest project, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you before we get too far into your new stuff. Um, because you have quite an quite a interesting musical background, and um, share that with the fans and how you got into music and kind of a, kind of a yeah. short synopsis. I've been, um, I've been doing music since I was about, I studied, started studying piano when I, when I was about eight years old and um, did that continuously into my young adulthood. And I also uh, formally studied voice for a number of years. Um, in college, I was in a acapella men's group um, and um, so it's been a, you know, music has been a big part of my life ever since I was about eight years old. And then I started writing music um, I started actually writing and recording in about the year about the year 2000. So I've written about uh, 13 albums, I think, since since, wow. that, since back then. So yeah, so well, it sort of started out as a hobby, and then it just turned into something that I realized I could actually have other people appreciate. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, when you were in high school, did did you get into the talent shows at all, or did, or, or did, was music a little bit after that? Um, I actually started my own barbershop quartet in high school. I, I, I came up with a nice title. It was a men's um, barbershop quartet. I called it the um, the male hormones. <laughs> That's not too cheesy. I like that. <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, but then I was in, when I was in college, I was in a group called the Columbia Kingsmen, which is another um, doo-wop, male doo-wop Ivy League group. Uh, we we traveled. All over the country for the Alumni Association, California, upstate New York, New England, um, on TV, sang with our Garfunkel, pretty high profile stuff. Interesting. Impressive, too. Um, Thank you. All right, so let's talk about your latest record called The, the Titles Last Night on Earth. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's a track, Kamikaze Copilot. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let me ask you this. Does the rest of the tracks on that record have the same theme or, or are there different yeah, stories? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of branching out a little bit with this album. I'm, at least as regards to the song Kamikaze Copala, it's more, it's not only about transcendence, but it's about what I call, um, it's uh, what, what I call uh, social existentialism, which is basically the idea that, um, you know, everybody, every relationship is going to end, and do we focus on the relationships in this world, or do we focus on what's what's ahead of us, what's in the future, and what we're bound, what we're destined to, where we're destined to go? So, I think in my other albums, I kind of just explored the, the idea of on transcendence as um, as uh, reflected in the natural world, basically. But here, I'm actually getting into the fact of the, the reality of relationships, human relationships, and how transcendence affects those so that's sort of the the new avenue that, that i've gone down with this album 
very interesting. And the record's called Last Night on Earth. Talk a little bit about A little the, bit of a serious uh, title, I know. Yeah, yeah. Divulge into that a little bit more as far as the, you know, the meaning behind Last Night on Earth. And um, how many tracks? Is there like seven or eight tracks on the record? Uh, Eleven, yep. Wow, Eleven. So talk about the title, Last Night on Earth. Yeah, well, I think the more pertinent title would be the title of the uh, the lead song, Kamikaze Co-Pilot. You know, obviously, Last Night on Earth is just saying that we all have to pay, pay attention to the fact that we are all going to pass, whether we like it or not, and we have to kind of deal with it. Um, but then the song, Kamikaze Co-Pilot, is sort of about this whole thing that I was talking about that I've come up with this term social existentialism because if you look at the two words kamikaze and co-pilot they kind of suggest different things a kamikaze is someone who is flying the, the plane with the intention of mm -hmm. killing himself and going to heaven and the co-pilot obviously doesn't want to do that the <laughs> co-pilot wants to arrive at the destination yeah. safely yeah. you know, so you've got these two competing interests and it kind of just kind of a reflection about how people are related to each other and have different motivations in mind. It is an actual literal oxymoron. It is, yeah. yeah. It's an oxymoronic juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, do you write the, the the lyrics and the music? Are you a one-guy show? or? I am, yeah. I've been writing since 2000, and I've st I started out writing about sort of organically natural themes, I got into sort of emotional dysfunction, then I got into transcendence, and then sort of tried to combine the, the emotional dysfunction with the spiritual stuff and kind of looking at um, emotional regeneration as a, as a form of spiritualism. So I kind of try to overlap the different um, circles. Do you do your own producing and mixing, or do you have a studio that, that um, you go? I use Bristol Studio. I have a, a guy that does, um, they mix all my music every year when I when I, when I finish the album. He does a pretty good job. Um, Bristol Studios in Boston, I does, I mean, does a great job. Um, so, but uh, it's, um, it's a matter of um, kind of tweaking things a little bit because I've got audio tracks, I've got MIDI tracks, and... Some of the tracks are more editable and refinable than others, but there's always room for neatening things up and tightening things up a little bit. You know, in my in my early music, I never used studios. I did it all by myself um, until about the year 2016 or 17 or 18, maybe. Uh, I would never, I, I never used studios. I just did everything on myself, just using a. Uh, 12 um, track uh, Tascam or Roland DR8 or one of those things and just kind of really try and do the best I could and amazingly I was able to save all those songs every single song that I've ever written back to 2000 because of these um, sand discs these SD discs you can take one of those and you can still pull the info off of it and transmit it into digital so it's a great it was a, it was a miraculous thing that they could actually save all my music um, and those songs are a little bit choppier, but they have a lot of character and a lot of personality. So I encourage people who listen to my music to listen to the early stuff as well. Really interesting. Now, how do you feel your growth has? I mean, are you happy with your your journey? You know, what I mean? like when you compare your first start when you start got into this to where you are now. Um, well, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, I never thought that I would be well-known. I never thought, I thought it was just kind of a side thing that, you know, just kind of do it and have fun with it and maybe give it to your relatives at Christmas time and leave it at that. 
Um, I never actually thought that my music could be distributed and streaming and on the radio. And I, I literally was in a state of shock for the first probably year that I was getting these spin reports saying that I had in the first year 22,000 radio plays, the second year over 85,000, and that was about a year and a half ago, so I don't even wow. know what they're up to now. Um, and so that was sort of a, a surprise for me, the, the, the fact that people really do like, people on, who listen to the radio really do like listen to my music, and that's just a phenomenal, very rewarding um, thing for me to know that, you know? That's, I mean, absolutely. I can see why that would be gratifying. I mean, you know, it's it's good to know that your music's touching people because obviously it's moving people. You know what I mean? You're, you're, I'm I'm a, I'm a guitar player myself, but I'm not I'm not very advanced. You know, I've, I've been putting it up, picking it up, and putting it down for years. I've written a couple songs, but the few times I did play it, like family reunions and things like that, watching people sing to my guitar playing was like pretty cool. So I can imagine how you feel. When you have like tens of thousands of people, you know, that are digging your music. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the weird thing is that until, until I started using a PR company, I was literally getting no feedback about my music from anybody because it was their internet radio stations and companies like um, ASCAP. They don't they track um, like Nielsen syndicated stations and not and not the. Um, the internet stuff and so it's just it's very hard to document and to sort of um to show that it actually does exist it's kind of i mean it's been kind of a, a void for me because i would have thought that i would have gotten people banging down my door you know saying we want more of this stuff you know where can we find it but that really hasn't hasn't been the, i mean it's got great radio play but i haven't had people and i i actually only set up my website about a couple months ago so i mean it's 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 possible that that may change now that I have a website and I have my own domain as well now because the uh, the, do the original Sam Walsh domain. I don't know if you've ever heard of GoDaddy, but oh, of course, yeah, they, that's, that's yeah, they cool. own all the they, yeah. they they sell domains. Yeah, and my, the domain Sam Walsh. I looked at it and said, "This has been bought. This is taken. There's nothing you can do here." So. I was originally thinking about, well, maybe if I put samwalshmusic.com or something, and it didn't work. Anybody who hears my music is going to samwalsh.com, and that's actually a domain that's owned by somebody else. So, Have you um, tried samwalsh.net? What's that? Have you tried samwalsh.net? I have not, actually. Look at that and see if that's available. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the problem is that a lot of the people who have been Googling me have been just doing samwalsh.com and it, it's going directly to one other individual, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, so, so this week I bought a domain. Um, when I was a kid growing up, um, my, nick, my nickname was Sammy. So I bought sammywelsh.com. So that's how people can find me. Interesting. I'm going to look up samwelsh.net real quick while I'm on GoDaddy right now. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's see. Samwells.net, sixty nine ninety nine. If you want to buy it, it's available. Hold on, let me see this. And there's a sam wellscom that's for sale. Yeah, that's that's a little tricky, but the .net thing sounds great. I'm yeah, gonna have to look into that. Yeah, that's that's available at GoDaddy. So if you're interested. Okay. Yep. Um, so how's the song? 
How's this song doing, Kamikaze Copala? How, how's that doing? How, and how, when did you drop it? Well, I looked at YouTube a couple nights ago. It's got about 8,500 um, YouTube hits so far, maybe 10,000, something like that. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Is it yeah, streaming on Spotify and any, any other platforms? Yeah, well, my Spotify, it was amazing. The Spotify, um, the Spotify graph went from a hundred to over a thousand in like one week or something like that or a month so it went up a thousand percent wow on that one um because of that one song that's pretty cool that's good that's good man that's good I, stuff i mean I'd, I'd, I'd yeah i'd love to be able to make some money off of it but um it's just it's a numbers game you know you really i mean my goal is to just get a big enough fan base that i can start generating some income but you need a lot to do that you know yeah do you have social? Do you use like TikTok at all? Because TikTok's a nice platform to really grow yeah, a lot of following. I'm doing a social media campaign right now with the, the studio, the the, uh, the PR company that I work with, um, uh, Starlight PR. They're doing a, it's called the Social X campaign. Yeah, they're great. And they're doing Spotify. They're doing TikTok. They're doing, um, you know, YouTube and all that. So yeah, that's an idea. You know, and then you can build your own followers on that. Um, I follow a guy on TikTok. I started following him about a year and a half ago. He's an artist. He's a brilliant, brilliant artist. And he uses like charcoal and lead, things like that. He's just amazing. And I was his 11th follower. Okay? Oh, wow. That was about a year and a half ago. I was, I was the 11th person because he just started his TikTok. I happened to be scrolling. I saw he, some of his work. I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. So I started following him. So I checked his TikTok about I don't know a few weeks back, and he has like eleven point something million followers now. Wow! He just blew up because his art, his artwork's just mind-boggling. Though it's really good, but TikTok's a really good platform to use to build. Um, to, to basically, you can build a fan base. I have a friend of mine named Kim, and she has a her. You know, she's married, and she has three really quirky, fun daughters, and so she just started a TikTok and started filming like their little family outings and family get-togethers and, and people just fell in love with them and she and she has 1.6 million followers you know it's like yeah. wow so yeah. try it check it out man you can then you can okay. really promote yourself on there and then you can you can monetize things um and then tiktok will start cutting you some money so that's just an idea i was looking at the youtube income stuff and it's something like for a hundred thousand or a hundred thousand uh, YouTube hits, you'll get like a hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, the only way to make money on YouTube is to you got to get a, you got to get a crap load of subscribers. You got yeah. you got to get a lot of subscribers. I have two channels and I got about ten thousand subscribers, and I get like a, a quarterly check. I don't even know how much it is. You know, it's, a, it's like three or four hundred bucks. It's not much. Cause I, I don't. I'm not as active as I should be on it. I, I kind of like got into other things. But if you can accrue like a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand subscribers, and then then it really takes off from there. And then you, okay. get ver you get verified on YouTube, and then they'll send you a little plaque if you reach certain subscriber levels. And um, but the thing about YouTube, it's important if you want to make money and build subscribers, you have to be, you have to put up fresh content, and you have to do it fairly frequently. Got it. You know, you can't just drop something and then not touch it for four weeks and go back. You know, because that'll just bore your subscribers and they'll just move on. But if you're active with it and you and, you, and you're putting up fresh stuff, um, you can you can build subscribers that way. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So let's see. You got a few more things for you here. Now I did read 
when I was reading your bio and things that you that you're trying different things with your voice. Um, I've I, I've used um, vocal doubling systems for a long time. Yeah. The most the most unique thing about my music is the vocals. Um, when I first did the music on my own without the studio and without the equipment, I used a Roland BRE, and I would literally do one track at a time completely manually with my own vocal, with my own throat, my own vocal cords, and it was a big job. You do probably 10 or 15 manual tracks per song, and it, it sounded pretty good. Um, it was a little bit wonky, you know, it was a little bit off, mm -hmm. not, not completely the greatest, uh, tightest sound ever. Um, and so, but I, I wanted to continue along with that. And then when I started using the, the core workstations, I discovered that there's different vocal doubling systems that are actually pretty decent. I mean, some of them are they're junk, but yeah. others, like there's one that was made by TC Helicon, which is good. Um, there's another one that I'm using right now, which is really good. And that just kind of allowed me to get up to speed quickly with vocal harmonization without having to do all the by rote stuff. It takes hours and hours and hours to do one, you know, vocal track. Uh, with a doubler, you've got, I mean, it, it is... Technically, it is vocal distortion, I guess. I mean, people think, well, you know, that's it's cheesy or something, or it's just it's, it's, it's artificial. But I mean, I, I really feel like that's one of the trademark sounds that I have is the vocal, different levels of harmonization. And I've used different vocal doubling systems. Um, I've had different chord workstations, and a couple of years ago, I had one. The the, the voices were very robotic sounding. Um, and I ended up having to write about things that were related to dysfunction and abnormality and artificial intelligence and mm. that kind of thing because the, the vocal doubling was all very, very artificial and robotic sounding. And so I finally was able to get rid of that workstation and get back to the newest, um, the PA4X, which is, which is a new flagship Korg um, Arranger workstation, has a really good um, organic sounding doubling system. So I've gotten back to that now. Um, I like to think of my music as being sort of holistic and natural sounding, so mm -hmm. I enjoy using those voices because they're very, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do with, with a couple keyboards and a, uh, a vocal doubling with, with you know, you've got the, the MIDI connection, you've got the audio, and you've got the controllability that you can transmit from the piano right into vocal sounds and yeah. stuff, and you can harmonize with piano chords and stuff, and it's it's just... It's a fun thing to play around with, and I, I have done a lot of that. How much interaction do you have with your producer in the studio? Um, I mean, do you hand well, off your music and let him do his thing, or are you, are you there, you know, involved with that? I pretty much, I pretty much let him do his thing, and then I listen to it. And if I like it, I say something. If I don't like it, I say something. You know, gotcha. It's just, um, yeah. I mean, it, he he does a pretty good job, and he doesn't really, he doesn't really change very much. I mean, he'll add, he'll add a. Like he'll add a bass line, maybe mm -hmm. like a, a bass uh, or some maybe a you know um, some, some some minor instrumentals in the background. But he's basically trying to tighten things up. He's yeah. not changing the, the he's not changing the content of the music. Right. He's making it sound a lot tighter. So, well, I, I really enjoyed this, this new song, and I thought the the mix was great too. Um, I mean, you mean the Kamikaze, Kamikaze Kopal? Yeah, that's a cool song. People have told me that that would be a good song to use as like a 
a soundtrack for a movie or okay something. hold on let me let me jump in there because that's really interesting that you said that you know when i listen to your song you know you know right right to my head at the end of it like when you go to the theater and you watch a movie at the theater yeah the song that's playing as the credits are going up at the end yeah that's 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 like i get that feel that vibe that song would be perfect for that yeah which would be a nice yeah. money maker if you landed a movie deal like that that's the that's my goal is to get into do, doing some licensing i mean i've got so many songs that i could potentially sell yeah. to people you have a twitter account I do. So what you ought to do is a, what you want to do. Something called a Twitter takeover yesterday. Oh yeah, that's on Starlight. Starlight's great, man. That's a great company. Did you do it on Starlight? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's cool. So you got to you got to use their account and and, and tweet from their account. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Um, what I was going to say though on Twitter, um, follow a bunch of successful like um, established producers. Um, I would I would just research a bunch of really good producers out there, and um, and then follow them. And then every so often, you don't want to flood, the, you don't want to like overkill it. But every so often, just shoot them a link and tag them. Put up a link to one of your songs, and tag them, and um, just okay. say and just say you know, hey, I'm I'm a, I'm a singer songwriter. If you have a second, have a listen and see see if you you can use it. You'd be surprised, man. I mean, you never know. So some some movie director could have reached out to one of the producers and said, hey, I'm looking for some songs for the, for the soundtrack or whatever. And then, you know, you're, you're tagging people and you never know. You might you might, you might might strike lightning and somebody out there like Pharrell Williams or somebody really famous, they might say, yeah, that's, that's a really unique sound, man. Let's get a hold of that guy. But you won't ever... Actually, um, Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually interviewed um, about a couple of weeks ago by um, a woman by the name of Miosha Bean. Oh, that's... Yeah, 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 she's a friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, she she interviewed me on Creator to Creator yep. show. Yep. And it was a great interview, and I have that. Um, I, I'd like to be able to. Sh I shared it. Well, I, I don't know how I could share it, but um, if you if you know how to access her interviews, you can find me there. So. Yeah, she, I mean, she's a really good friend of mine. I've been known her for oh, probably ten years. I've been known her a long time. Yeah. She's a great girl. Yeah. She's she's very good at. She's a very good interviewer. So she did a good job. Yeah, yeah, just. Uh, I'm sure you can find her online and just share your interview from there. Um, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, a couple more things and I'll let you go. Um, sure. I know you do a lot of studio stuff, but do you get out and perform at all? Have you have you done that much live performing? Yeah, I've actually I've actually started performing. Um, nice. I um I've been doing different venues. I did one in Hudson, Mass. I did one in Bolton, Mass. Um, and a week from. Not this weekend, but the weekend after. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to be performing at a festival in Boston called the um, the Feast of Saint Agrippina, which is a the north end of Boston is an Italian uh, neighborhood, and they have all these different um, feasts all summer long. And this one, they're doing a live venue there that I'll be performing at next weekend. That's awesome. So that'll be that'll be great. I really want to get going with that because I mean, I've got this amazing vocal vocal sound that I can sing along with it's just like it's it's a very full sound with with the other with the other vocalizations in the background so I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah you ought to make up some cards some business cards if you don't have any already 
and um, and, and then hand them out. Like everybody's eating like sausage sandwiches and lasagna or whatever whatever they have. Right, right. You know, seriously, just hand out like hundreds of them. And have your website yeah. on there. Have your have your whatever you want to promote, man. Your your your, your the social media. Ask for follows, whatever, man. You never know. You get some followers That's that way. That's a great idea. Yep, absolutely. All right, man. I think we pretty much covered it. Is there any other songs you want to talk about before we wrap it up, before I let you tell everybody where they can get your stuff and follow you? Um, you said any other, any other songs? Yeah, I, mean, I know there's 11 tracks. I, I just wasn't sure if there's another, yeah, any well, other songs you wanted to talk about before, before we wrapped it up. Well, I've got, some, I've got some metaphors about death that I'm trying to create that kind of convey some idea of what I think... What 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 is you know what happens when we die? Uh-huh. There's some different songs in that in that album that are kind of different metaphors for transcendence. Um, <laughs> there's one called the Upstairs Ocean, which is the idea that that when you go to heaven, it's kind of like you're swimming in a great ocean that's like upstairs, meaning like the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also got one called um, Coming Up for Air, which is also the same idea that when you're transcending, you kind of emerge out of something into something where you're breathing better um, I've also got one called falling down which is the the, the notion that um, death is kind of like falling down a flight of stairs um, and then I've got one called around, I've got a humorous one called around the corner which is kind of like thinking talking about death as we're all running from it, and I spell corner C O R O N E R, so it's kind of like a Cor- with corner. Corner, yeah. <laughs> the corner is around the corner. Yeah, that's know? that's pretty cool. That's a good hook. Um, and then I've got one called "Blood on Your Hands," which is sort of a. It's kind of like a statement. I'm just making a statement that everybody in this world ends up with blood on their hands, and nobody's perfect, and. You know, I don't prescribe to the notion that some people are going to go to hell and some people are not. I just think that that's not a valid way of looking at things. So, um, but yeah, those are those are some of the songs, and um, I encourage people to check them out. the uh, The website that I have right now is sammywelch.com. S- spell that so people don't go to the wrong. Like, is S A M M Y or I? S A M M Y. W-E-L-C-H.com. There you go. Um, well, look, man, I, I enjoyed talking to you, man. I enjoyed the last interview. I even like this one even better. I thought we had oh, a great. great conversation. The song's really great. Everybody out there listening to this podcast, support Sam Wells. Grab his music. Kamikaze Copal is a great single to download. Um, purchase that. Help this guy. I mean, honestly... I say this a few a few times in some previous interviews. One thing that drives me nuts sometimes is when I hear people ask an artist for like free merch. You'll hook me over to free shirt. You'll hook me over to free this oh, and free yeah. that. It just drives me nuts because like would would somebody walk up to to them and say, "Yo, man, pay, can you pay my phone bill for me this month?" Or, "Hey, yo, can you give me twenty dollars in gas money?" I mean, you guys are trying to make money too. You know, you're trying to pay bills and and uh, so I always encourage people. Don't look for the free stuff. If you really want to support somebody, go buy their merchandise. Go buy their music. Go buy tickets to their shows. And that's how you can really support artists. Yeah, that's true. All right, Sam. Really enjoyed talking Thank to you. Thank you so much, Brad. Yeah, man. Let's let's do it again. Whenever you uh, drop in something else, let, let us know. We'll do it again. Thank you so much. Okay, Take brother. Care. Take care. Yeah, okay.